Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Big day. We've got a bet gone way wrong. We have great news for two rookies. A happy homecoming and plenty of time for your calls. We are loaded. Let's roll. Here we go. Only one place to start. Well, the place to start is going to be with an aging superstar in a new place. But I want to also mention, in just a few moments, we will talk about what happens when betting on yourself goes wrong. What does that feel like? We'll talk about that in a few moments. But our Straight Talk today, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, comes from Russell Westbrook, who I've always liked. And I'll tell you, I will be completely honest, why I am such a Russell Westbrook fan. Because several years ago, whatever year Carmelo Anthony's first year in OKC was, whenever he went there to play with Westbrook, I took my kids to a game at the Garden to see OKC was Carmelo's return to New York to play against the Knicks. And I thought to myself, this will be a great game. It'll be an exciting night. You know, my kids are getting older. We'll try and have some fun. The night before that, it was a Saturday night game. The night before that, the the the. Uh, the Thunder played a triple overtime game in Philadelphia. And I want to say Russell Westbrook played like 50-something minutes. And I woke up the next morning with a cold pit in my stomach. And I thought, well, Mello will play because it's his return to the Garden. But there's no way Westbrook will play second game, back-to-back nights on the road after a triple overtime game in which he scored, played like 50 minutes. Not only did he play, he played like a lunatic. He played like his hair was on fire, like he always does. And whether he is a flawed star or not, which he obviously is, the one thing you cannot question in a league filled with load management and a lot of other things is that that guy freaking brings it every single night. So I am inclined to root for him. I also know a little bit about his background growing up in Los Angeles and all the rest of that. And so when he signs with L.A., his hometown team, his childhood team, the Lakers. And there's all these questions about the age of that team, and they're legitimate. But then there are the questions about the Westbrook effect. I mean, this is his fourth team in four seasons. At some point, that's an obvious issue. But all these people on social media trying to tear him down. Oh, you've turned into a failure. Oh, you've turned into this. Oh, you've turned into that. They brought that up to Westbrook yesterday, and rather than getting offended or miffed or angry i loved what he said uh no i don't um i've been blessed and thankful to be able to be in this league so long and and lucky to be able to to play and and be healthy um when i got drafted um in the nba that was me proving people wrong um when i was able to go to college and get a degree that was me proving people wrong not not a degree i wish i got a degree but go to college go to ucla from inner city that was me proving people wrong um just making it out the hood was proving people wrong Uh, i don't need to do that anymore um i've been able to bless the people around me my family um been able to impact people all across the world with this platform that's been given to me and i'm continuing to do that and Obviously, we want to win the championship, but our ultimate goal is to make sure we use what we have to impact others around you. Boy, I loved him saying that. Just the psychology piece of it. Does he want to win? Of course he wants to win. You watch that guy play, you think he doesn't want to win? He wants to win. But he also recognizes that he, his career, his life, and his legacy are not defined by others. And that, I think, is the biggest challenge that athletes have today. 
in a world where we've heard people, everyone from Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka and Kevin Love, and I'm forgetting many others, but it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about, where all of the negativity, all of the hate, all of just the knuckleheadery that goes on on social media seems to get under the skin of people. And I mean that literally. It, it seems to infiltrate them. It seems to be something that, that they really struggle with. It makes them unsettled. It makes them uneasy. It makes them unhappy people, despite having these miraculous lives. You're Naomi Osaka. You're one of, uh, what, 10 million young girls who grew up dreaming of being tennis players someday, and you win the U.S. Open, and you're so filled with anxiety. Why is that? Like Part of that, obviously, is... Uh, biological, but other parts of it ha- have to do with the, the the realities of being a sports figure today. And Jalen always says, there's the score of the game and the game of life. And I think that was a great example of Russell Westbrook pointing out that he understands that in the game of life, he's already won. Like I always say, he has eagled the whole of life, <laughs> whether he winds up winning a championship in his career or not. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Oscar Robertson is the player, by the way, with whom Russell is most often compared. He didn't win a championship till he was 32, and he got traded to the Bucks to play with Kareem. Well, Westbrook is 32. He's never won a championship. He just got traded to the Lakers to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and Carmelo Anthony, and all of these other people. So uh, I think that this is a really interesting little scenario here, and, and the question is a pretty simple one. Does it work? If that team is healthy by the time we get to the end of it, and they've got a starting five that will have a combined total age of well over 150 years, probably over 160, will that team win the championship that's the question Nuno what's the answer if the Lakers are healthy when they get to the playoffs do they win the championship I think they do but here's my question to you about guys like Westbrook specifically Westbrook if they win this championship do we still we in the media we naysayers do we still kind of look at it like yeah you won but it's really not like your championship it was you joined LeBron and AD like do we does he lose some value perhaps to us, but as he just told you, not to him. Like this isn't his, the, the, it is a motivational piece in his life. He wants to be a champion. I'm sure that he does, but it doesn't define him. Charles Barkley says it all the time. He's disappointed he didn't win a championship, but it doesn't keep him up at night. It didn't ruin his life. He's a heck of a lot better off. He's a heck of a lot better with it than most of the people who comment on it like us. So I think your point is well taken, Nuno. Yeah, that won't be his championship unless the circumstances are such that he plays out of his mind, and it is. But I think what he's just told you in the previous 47 seconds I played for you is that he'll be okay with that. Yes or no, Hembo, the Lakers win it all or not? I say no. I'm too skeptical about the age of the roster, and I'm also too skeptical about just how Russell Westbrook is going to fit. He can't shoot at all, and that was their biggest problem last year. All right, year. we'll see where that winds up going. It's interesting to talk about, and we'll continue talking about it as we go. But meantime, the scoop. You know, the sports world and sports lore are filled with great stories of players who bet on themselves. One example that comes to mind is Joe Flacco. Remember Joe Flacco rolled the dice, allowed himself to become a free agent at a time when a lot of people thought he was just a decent but no better than that quarterback, and the Ravens weren't offering to pay him like he was one of the great players in the league. 
He rolled the dice. He bet on himself. What did he do? He went on a magical run. He won the Super Bowl, and he got the biggest contract in the NFL. He became the highest paid player in the sport. There were lots of stories like that, and we like to tell them. The other side of that is Dennis Schroeder, who yesterday agreed with the Celtics on a one-year $5.9 million contract. Dennis Schroeder turned down the maximum extension the Lakers were eligible to offer him during the regular season, which would have been worth north of $80 million in order to pursue a more lucrative deal come the summer. So he turned down $80 million and he signed for six. And my question is, what must that feel like? I don't know what the answer is, but here's what I'll say. Well, let me start with this. Does that mean you know that he did the wrong thing? Did Dennis Schroeder do the wrong thing in turning down that extension when he did? The quick reaction would say yes. However, let's see how this year plays out and what happens at the end, you know, next summer, and if he can translate it into a $100 million deal. Okay, but, but for the moment, you would say the answer is he made the wrong decision. Correct. Hambo, did he make the wrong decision? Yes. I mean, based on what we know now, he left at least $75 million on the table. You know, like there's, like how does that, how does that, <laughs> when you're back home and you're trying to explain that to whomever, like that has to really, really sting right now. That's a, that's, that's a massive amount of money. And even though it's his fault, I guess in some sense that it didn't work out in LA, like when you have a generational amount of money on a piece of paper, you should sign it. Well, coming up next, I'm going to explain to both of you why you're wrong. My name is Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I'll tell you both why you're wrong about that, and then you will hear from Steve Young, who said a lot here yesterday, and you need to pay especially close attention if your quarterback is a rookie. We're just getting started. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, we are presented by Progressive Insurance guests like the great Howie Long a little over an hour from now. On the Goodyear Hotlines, Hall of Famers Week. We had Steve Young yesterday, Howie today. Chris Collinsworth is coming up this week. Um, So we got good stuff as we work our way towards the start of the football season. In 30 seconds, I will explain to you how the inexplicable can be explicked. I will explic it, the inexplicable. That's in 30 seconds after this word from Straight Talk Wireless. Yo, 5G is here. 
But the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required, actual availability coverage, and speed may vary. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after after its time. time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. Okay, so everybody is telling me that Dennis Schroeder made the wrong decision when he turned down an $80 million contract extension last year because yesterday he agreed to $5.9 million with the Celtics. The result is obviously not what you would have hoped for when the decision was made. But I want to say two things about it. The first I will say is that in life, we make our decisions for the most part without knowing the outcome. And the best example of that that I always like to come back to is blackjack. If you play the game of blackjack, why are you laughing at that, Hembo? Because you've heard me say this so many times. <laughs> that and because we got a tweet from a friend of the show that said, Paul, don't let Greeny use his blackjack analogy to defend someone leaving $80 million <laughs> on the table. I got that five minutes ago. But it is, a, it is the correct analogy. Who, who tweeted that to you? That was Lee Moserak. Okay, listen, Moserak. Let me explain to you why I'm right and my analogy is so significant. If you have... 13, if you're playing blackjack, you have 13 and the dealer has five and you take a card, you should be ushered out of the casino immediately. You are a danger to yourself and everyone at the table around you. That does not mean that if the dealer then turns over a six and a face card and has 21, that you made the wrong decision. You made the right decision. In life, everything doesn't always work out the way you want it to. You make the best decision you can based upon the information you have at the time. But that's only one piece of this. The second and more important piece of this, I think, is that when you make the decision to bet on yourself, whether it works out or not, because, again, you don't know how it's going to work out, I would imagine that is always better than the alternative. And here's the analogy I will give you. A lot of people now want to be in this industry. A lot of people want to do what I do for a living. It's become a very popular thing to want to be. Pretty much everyone I meet has a niece, a nephew, all that kind of thing that wants to be a sports announcer. In the early 1980s, wanting to be a sports announcer was a pretty unusual and in many people's view, ridiculous thing to want to be. I told my grandma Lily once, I want to be a sports announcer. And she said to me, Michael, why can't you be something good? Everyone in my family assumed I would be a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. He was the hero of our family. My my grandparents were immigrants, and my father was smart, and he got got to go to law school, one of the best law schools in the world for free, went to NYU Law School on a full scholarship because he did so well, and he completely changed the trajectory of the lives of, of this one American family. Wonderful. And everyone assumed I would do that too. But I didn't want to. And when people ask me, How would you have felt if it had not gone the way you wanted it to? Like, my my life has obviously turned out, from a professional standpoint, um, among other ways, you know, extraordinarily well. But what I would say is this. If I had just become a lawyer, which is, if, if that's what you want to do, it's wonderful for you. I'm not knocking it, but it's not what I wanted to be. If when I graduated from college, I'd gone to law school and become a lawyer, 
I think I would have hated watching sports for the rest of my life. Watching sports, which is a huge part of my life, from which I get probably more excitement, fun, and, and, and other than anything else, I would have hated it. Because I would have spent my whole life wondering, could that have been me? Could I have been up there announcing this game or being a part of this? And with the expansion of ESPN, which took place sort of early in my career, if that had happened anyway, and I'm watching all these people, Steve Levy, who might as well be me. Steve and I grew up at the same time, same place, look alike. People think I'm him all the time. I would have said, well, why didn't I do that? I would have regretted that forever. So what does that have to do with this? When you bet on yourself, at least you can say, I took my shot. And then a shrewder story has not yet been fully told. And of course, no one in their right mind is going to tell you you would rather have $6 million than $80 million. But what I would say is in the absence of knowing how things are going to wind up, it is always my advice to bet on yourself. Because I think if it works out badly, at least you can live with it. At least you can live with it. I think that would be easier to live with than the alternative. He had taken the $80 million and all of a sudden it, his play dictated that he'd obviously be worth $200 million. I think that would be worse, having not bet on yourself, having taken the easier way out. That would be worse than this, I think. Airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? They turn to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Okay, so uh, I, there's a couple of sound bites I want to play for you here, and they're from the Hall of Famer Steve Young. He was with us at the very end of yesterday's show, and I'm always cognizant of the fact that you have a life to lead. So I'm assuming something that happens towards the end of the second hour of the show, you may just as well not even know existed. Now, I'll remind you, we're a podcast. You can listen to the podcast every single day. They take each hour, make it a podcast. It's available everywhere. We're also on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch the show anytime you want. But in case you missed Steve, he was exceptionally good. And there were three things he said I wanted you to hear. The first was when I said you want to pay close attention if your quarterback is a rookie. I asked Steve, Hall of Fame quarterback, places like Jacksonville where Trevor Lawrence has just been handed the job. And the Jets, where Zach Wilson has just been handed the job. What are the things we are watching for through your eyes, through the eyes of a great quarterback? What are you watching for to see how that is going? Because clearly there will be ups and downs. Here's what Steve said. The thing is, is I don't think either one will hold back any kind of improvement that the Jaguars, the Jets are ready to make. That's a big statement because a lot of quarterbacks are not capable of staying out of the way. And they could be transformational quarterbacks like in five or six years, you go, oh my gosh, both of these guys are the best of their generation. And that's very possible. And it's exciting, I think. And, and there's many people, as you know, in the offseason that spent the time really researching scouts especially coaches who had done the work and said, you know what, I'm not sure that I wouldn't take Zach over Trevor. That's not anything against Trevor. Mm-hmm. It's just saying something about Zach, I think, because Zach came out of nowhere one year. They tell him one year we're going to BYU, but I think that's the player, transformational player that he can be. Okay, so now we're talking. And the Jet fan in me immediately, obviously, leaned a little closer to my speaker, and I hope that you did as well. That's Steve Young who, for my money, is as good talking quarterbacks as anyone I've ever heard, telling you that he thinks Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson both have the ability to become transformational players. And I remember back when, because he's a BYU guy, Steve Young, and, and of course so is Zach Wilson, 
back around the time of the draft, the family seemed to really want Zach Wilson to go to San Francisco. And with Steve Young's connection in San Francisco, I remember him being kind of in the middle of that. And the Jets said, no way. And I will admit, there's a part of me that has been very worried about that all the way through. I think Trey Lance has superstar quality written all over him. Justin Fields, I think, is much more of a known commodity. We have seen him do it on the biggest of stages. I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. Mac Jones, even Mac Jones, is more of a known commodity. There are the obvious limitations, but we have seen what he can do on the biggest of stages against the best of competition. Zach, to me, has always been the biggest wild card. I guess Trey Lance is a wild card as well, but, but of the ones that I was really considering for the Jets at number two, Zach Wilson always felt very, and still does, as he is going through the inevitable ups and downs of the early training camp, it's always had me a tad worried. So my question to you, Hembo, is how much better should I feel having heard Steve Young just say that? You should feel much better because the way that he described Zach Wilson, uh, his ceiling is such that if there's a one in 10 chance he becomes that, he's well worth the shot. Like That's the point. If you're taking a shot at a first-round quarterback, if there's a 10% chance that he can be the best player of his generation, you, you would take him 10 times. You would take him every single time you were given the opportunity. So I guess in that sense, he thinks he's that kind of good. I'd feel awfully good if I were you. Me too. Of all the things that I've heard anyone say since the New York Jets made it clear that Zach Wilson was going to be their choice, that is the one that has made me feel the best. With Steve Young saying that here Yesterday, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Next, I bounced off Steve these stats that I had yesterday. Saquon Barkley is coming back to play for the New York football Giants. The difference in Daniel Jones' numbers when Saquon is on the field versus off is incredible. I'm doing this from memory, but in 11 starts with Saquon, I believe Daniel Jones was 23 touchdowns, nine picks, and he averaged 270 yards passing a game, 269. When Saquon got hurt last year, the 15 games that he has played without Saquon, his numbers fell off the face of the earth. 12 touchdowns, 13 picks, and less than 200 yards passing per game. So I asked Steve Young, what does that mean? for the Giants and Daniel Jones. Here's what Steve said. Daniel Jones is playing enough, and he's going to get better. And with Saquon, he'll get a lot better because he's got the help. He's got the support. And so to me, I believe in Daniel Jones. I believe that with Saquon Barkley, he can get there faster. And I think as long as – and he needs to be on the run. He needs to be on the move. Right now, as a younger player, he needs to not want to uh, – you know, everyone wants to sit in there and do what Tom Brady does. I, I, I admire what Drew Brees does or what Aaron Rodgers does. You know, that's great. But in the meantime, there's a lot of success to be had out there, free yards to go get with your legs and grow into the position. And I I encourage Daniel not try to be perfect. And that's that overwrought feeling that puts him in a bad spot. And then lean on Saquon. I'm a believer in Daniel Jones over time. I I thought that was just exceptional. And Steve, pointing out, for, for people who haven't seen a lot of Daniel Jones, one of the things that I think has taken some people by surprise is how athletic he is. And the guy and people, you know, make jokes about the time that he tripped over his own feet running down the field. He was running awfully fast. And he is a better runner with the football than I think people generally perceived him to be. Again, I was a Daniel Jones fan going way back. And I've made this joke many times. People who didn't know much about him coming out of Duke are not people who went to Northwestern because he beat the heck out of us twice. (laughs) He was unbelievably good against Northwestern's really good defense in two different games. So I knew a little bit about Daniel Jones, at least that much coming in. 
So I've always believed in him. All right, the last one I think is the most interesting. And this one is about Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. I find that the dynamics of that relationship to be one of the best, not best, but most interesting stories in the NFL this year. And under the context, I sort of framed it by saying, Steve Young, you played with Jerry Rice, who's the greatest receiver that ever lived. How do you find a balance between making sure that guy gets his and still managing everybody else, feeding all the mouths that there are, and being the leader of the football team and not allowing that dynamic to influence your ability to be the guy all the way around? Steve had a sensational answer. The game has to come to you. And if you try to make, if you try to enforce it on the game, what will end up happening is that Jerry Rice will be more frustrated than ever. And so you have to have the maturity to let the game come to you. Yet you've got to manage the player. You've got to manage the relationship. And so in a lot of it, it's, it's, it's communication. Saying, look, you know, I, I messed that one up, Jerry. I miss you, but I won't miss you again. And like, you know, if you miss him again, you tell him, you know, it's like you keep it going. And, and also, if he gets, if somebody gets out of line, I don't care who it is. If somebody is out of line, they need to be a little bit on ice. You know what I mean? You've got to say, look, that's not, that doesn't work. Mm. And so you have to be able to, I don't know, manage the game, manage the team, and put the people in a position to be successful. And Baker, in many ways, young players can't do that because they don't have the chutzpah, right? They don't have the... They don't have the ability to kind of tell people what to do, and there's no one respects them. But as he grows into the role, I think he'll be able to do that more and more. I hope he does. So that the players say, hey, the guy is in charge, and I'm going to believe in him. I think that that, first of all, it's an exceptionally good answer, and he's such an interesting man, Steve is. But I think that's a really good way to frame this. I think the relationship between Baker and Odell, because look, let's face it, Odell is just a huge personality he just is he's a larger than life person he's one of the few players in the NFL who are not quarterbacks who kind of transcend the sport and I think he likes that and that's not a criticism that's just how it is and the reality is he's there are going to be bumps in the road if he's not the focal point of an offense because he's never not been that but this team operates best when they are running the football with that two-headed attack they have in Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, how does that go? Here's my definition. Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham have to define or have to find chemistry. Now, you hear people tell you that all the time. That's a word people love to throw around. Need to have chemistry. Need to have chemistry. Well, this is where I take over because it is one thing to say you want chemistry, but do you know what chemistry actually is? Hembo, do you know what chemistry actually is? I think I know the analogy you're about to make. Could you make the definition of it? Nuno, could you define chemistry between people? We've been working for over a year. You think I can define that? <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to define what chemistry is, okay? I'll use you, Hembo, as my example. Mm. If Hembo and I are working together and we do not have chemistry, then what we are capable of producing is greeny plus Hembo. If we are working together and we have chemistry, then what we produce is greeny times hembo. We multiply. We make each other greater than we otherwise are. You can't always force that. You can't make it happen. And they have to figure out a way to do it because Odell can make Baker Mayfield better than he's been. And Baker can make Odell, believe it or not, better than he's been. Because for all the spectacular catches that Odell has made, he has not been a winning player. He can make Odell greater than he has been. 
and Odell can make Baker greater than he has been. If they find a way to, to, to build chemistry, to develop that chemistry, which Steve Young is talking about, and it is on both of them to do it. And if they can, and if they do, then it would not surprise me in the least if the Browns win the Super Bowl this year. I think they are that good. You add a, 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 a version of Odell that is that effective to what they already had a year ago, plus some of the defensive additions, I think the Browns are as good as any team in the entire NFL. You know, uh, some things have been low on our to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I got another one. Nuno, you're gonna, you're not gonna believe this. So Hembo says to me yesterday, I found this poll. Is it a poll? It's a poll. It's a poll where they polled people in this country and in Great Britain, and they asked them the following question: How confident you could be? Are you that you could beat up the following animal in a fight with no weapon? And my immediate reaction is. Who the hell has time on their hands to be doing this poll? Like, what money is being spent on the acquisition of this knowledge? Why do people care enough about this? We're raising money for scientific research. Excuse me. We have a very important poll going on, Mr. Nuno, and uh, you're obviously a very wealthy person. I'm hoping that you might be willing to donate a million dollars to uh, to us so we can do this research. Oh, well, what is the research? Well, we're going to ask, which of the following animals, if any, do you think you could beat in a fight if you were unarmed and then see if more people in America or in Great Britain think they could beat up these animals? What possibly could we gain from having this knowledge? And the animals they chose are fascinating. Hembo, you sent me the graph. Read me some of the animals. Rat. House a cat. rat. Could you beat up a rat? Who would want to? Like, I, I would not want to beat up a rat. That's not the question. The question is, if you had to, are you walking away or is the rat Well, away? what kind of rat? Like a New York subway rat? Like, you're taking a loss on that one, buddy. A, a New York subway rat could beat up a, a bear. I mean, a New, a New York subway rat <laughs> it's is larger like, than a bear. It's like bionic. What else do you got? What are the other animals in here? How about a house cat? Could you beat up a house cat? Well, no one should even talk about beating up a house cat. That's completely okay. inappropriate. We'll keep domestic animals out of yeah, this. Yeah, go to, go to like, like wild animals. Could you beat up a goose? <laughs> if you were unarmed, would you walk away alive or with a goose? I could tell you a quick story. There are geese on a lot of golf courses, including the one that I play at in Connecticut. Stevie and I one time are walking up a cart path, and there's a mother goose and a bunch of little geese standing right there. And, you know, you get anywhere near the little geese, and the mother goose gets mad, and the mother goose hisses at us. Literally, a mother goose, like a goose, looks at Stevie and me and goes, <sighs> like that. <sighs> we turned and walked away. We literally walked back in the opposite direction and did not continue playing. <laughs> Are you kidding? We were so scared of this goose. First we went, we walked about 100 yards away, and we waited for the geese to leave. This mother goose sat me out. She waited us out. She just stared at me like, oh, yeah, bring it. Bring it, big fella. And she stood there, and finally Stevie and I got frustrated and went home. We went home because we were afraid of a goose. True story. True what, story. What hole were you on? 
15. It's okay. the 15th. It's a little par three over water. And they just came walking out of the water. And we're like, oh, look at the goose. Oh, look at the little baby geese. Oh, how cute. Let's go over. Let's just walk by them. I'm not like going to sit and interact with these geese. What am I doing with them? And the mother goes, <sighs> and I said, what the hell was that? And Stevie's like, eh, maybe we should take a step backwards. We took a step backwards. The goose goes, <sighs> not enough. Next thing I know, I'm back on the tee. We're back on the tee. The hole was only like 140-yard par. We, we literally walked 100 yards away from this goose and got out of the way. Let me pause briefly on that thought because there's more to this. And candidly, it's lunacy. We'll come back with more of this as we continue in just a moment. And despite that, you should keep listening. And Howie Long, the legend, is on the way. All that and more after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. My name is Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. The great Howie Long, part of our 
cavalcade of Hall of Famers coming up live in about 45 minutes. In the meantime, we got sidetracked by this, but I do find it interesting. So for reasons known only to them, someone called YouGov. I, I, who is YouGov? It's a, it's a market research group in, in England. Okay, and they, they should be disbanded immediately. I mean, they, Well, this, they do serious stuff, too. It's not just trivial stuff. No, but anyone who would do this, anyone who would poll people and ask the question, which of the following animals, if any, do you think you could beat in a fight if you were unarmed? Because they feel this is information that any human being alive needs to have, not just what people think of it, but but what percentage of people think what? Like on here, the options are grizzly bear, elephant, lion, gorilla, crocodile, wolf, kangaroo, king cobra, chimpanzee, large dog, eagle, medium-sized dog, goose, house cat, and rat. Now, I'm taking any domesticated animals out of this immediately because no one should talk about having a fight with them. But as far as animals you might encounter in the wild... Mm-hmm. There is no human being, no human being who could win a fight with an elephant. That's not a thing. That can't happen. So the fact that it says here 8% of Americans think they could win a fight with an elephant is disturbing. Hugely disturbing. If you encounter a person and they say, you know, (laughs) if I really had to and if I got into a fight with an elephant, I think I'd win. Let's just point out that what is the weight of an average elephant? I mean, it's in the thousands of pounds, right? Thousands. You couldn't inflict any damage on an elephant if your life depended on it. The largest ones can weigh up to 15,000 pounds. 15,000 pounds. You're not winning a fight with an elephant. Crocodile. So if you go play golf in Uh Florida, the first thing they will tell you is, don't go near the alligators. Now, is an alligator and a crocodile, I can't believe I'm asking this, is that the same thing? Approximately. Let's not get bogged down. No, but I am interested. You're what interested. is the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Are they the same? Because they always refer to alligators when you're in Florida that you're going to see. And I don't know if those are exactly the same thing or not. But when you go play golf in Florida, anyone who's down there will tell you, if you see an alligator like sunning, like out of the water, like they'll come out of the water and just kind of sit on the bank of the little body of water that... They inhabit. Don't think about going near it because if your idea is, well, if it comes toward me, I can just outrun it on land. Oh, no, you can't. That alligator will catch you. It will run really fast on its little tiny legs. It's got little tiny legs and it will run. It will catch you. It will grab you. It will drag you into the water. It will like roll you around in there and then it will eat you at its leisure. Is this the pitch that they give you in the pro shop to no, stay away from the... No, if they told you that in the pro shop, you wouldn't even play, right? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man who once call, called off around because of a goose. So, and you know, I wouldn't go out there and play. But my point is that's what the other, the learned golfers down there will tell you. Are they the same thing, no. an alligator and a crocodile? All, alligators have their rounded snout, whereas crocodiles have the longer pointed V-shaped snout. See, that's more information no one needs. I would argue, like we spend a lot of time, like whoever it is that did the research that found that out, what are they doing? Like, why are we doing that? We have so many important things you, we need to be doing. But you wonder it aloud. You asked the question on the radio and, and I answered. Now I regret it. Now and I And we're talking it. about this poll that you hate. I know. I, we are. I hate this poll. You, you, you think you could beat a King Cobra in a fight? No. In fact, I wouldn't even... 15% of people think they could beat a King Cobra. A King Cobra would suck the life out of you so <laughs> fast that you wouldn't have any idea what even happened. You'd be dead. You'd be wishing you were dead faster than you were. You don't think you could get your hand around its neck and just... Because all you have... I mean, presumably, all you have to do here, it's not a rattlesnake, is just make sure that his tongue, his mouth, does not get near your skin, right? No. 
And you can then just He's going to squeeze you to death. It's not an cobra. anaconda. It's a, it's a, it's a I think a cobra squeezes you to death. Oh. Isn't that a cobra? Isn't that what a cobra does? Here's an interesting one. Kangaroo. Why, why is Brandon raising his hand? <laughs> what are you raising your hand for? You, Brandon is saying he gives himself a 50-50 shot at a fight against a kangaroo. Right now, by the way, you, you have that in common with 14% of Americans and only 5% of Britons that you think you could beat up a kangaroo. You would be stuffed in that pouch so fast you wouldn't know what happened to you. You and your, your Perth Amboy, you would be, you the pride of, Brandon, the, per, the pride of Perth Amboy would be stuffed in the kangaroo's pouch before you even knew what hit him. Can I ask a question, Green? Yeah. To all 15 of these animals, a higher percentage of Americans say yes than Britons. What does that say about us? Uh, that, that, that we're just collectively stupid. I mean, what <laughs> else is there to possibly say? If someone walks up to you and says, you think you could win a fight with a lion? A lion! A lion. My question would be, does the lion know it's a fight? If the answer to that is yes, I'm done. The only chance I have in a fight with a lion is if he has no idea whatsoever that we're fighting. Because then maybe I escape with my life. Beating the lion up is not on the list of options. No chance. This is the stupidest poll I've ever heard of in my entire life, and we, in turn, are stupid for having discussed it. Meanwhile, I got four players you need to watch in the preseason and Howie Long coming up next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.